and welcome to another episode of, yes, Movie Bollocks. It's me, your host, Howard H. Smith, as always, and uh, it's a slightly different show, so um, it's a slightly different intro. Not as much in-your-face intensity as uh, as the usual talking bollocks. Um, this one's for, I guess, you know, the, the purists, the, the movie enthusiasts. Um, this is episode four. Um, so you've got three others to check out. Uh, uh, just a little glimpse of my mathematic genius for you. Um, uh, in this episode, I catch up with a very good friend of mine. Um, it, we, yes, it's um, the, the Geordie Mafia return. Uh, last month it was Ed Box. Uh, this month it is Gary Foley, um, who's a very good friend of mine. Now, you might have heard a ping in the background there. Some of you, some of you who've been a bollocker for a very long time, will straight away realise that, yes, I am uh, up in Yorkshire uh, recording this at my uh, mother's house who I've come to visit after I'm finally allowed to to visit given that uh, there is still a pandemic um, but you know lockdown has eased slightly and that finds me here so um, back to the movie business I uh, got slightly distracted by the ping there but I'm sure you did and that's why I wanted to address it straight off back to where we were uh, Gary is a good friend of mine um, a very good friend of mine we uh, in, in, to, to the extent that um, I performed the karaoke uh, karaoke version of Enter Sandman at his wedding a couple of years ago which was uh, I've had all the video evidence destroyed don't worry about that um Although I think patrons might have seen that. Yeah, definitely not worth paying for. So, uh, there you go. Patreon.com uh, forward slash Howard H. Smith. Um, if you would like to get more content, exclusives and all the rest of it. So, anyway, um, I will just do a little bit of a recap here. Because, um, well, basically, I did say that I was going to, you know, when I can, uh, give you some recommendations. And as opposed, actually, I'm just going to tell you what I've been watching since the last episode. So, um... There is, um, well, for a start, um, I've kind of ventured into Amazon Prime for a, for a couple of months just to see how it is. Um, I completely destroyed the first series of Homecoming, starring Julia Roberts, which is 10 episodes, all about 25 minutes long. Um, it is, um, well, British Way, I smashed through it, found it, in, found it really engaging, and um, yeah, it, I don't want to give too much away about it. If, you, if you're thinking of checking it out, then do check it out if you have Amazon Prime. Um, and what else? Well, I tried Da Five Bloods on Netflix. That's D-A, Da Five, as in the digit five, Bloods. Uh, da Five Bloods on Netflix, which is uh, the latest Spike Lee film, and a huge letdown for me after the absolute fucking genius that was Black Klansman. And uh, if you haven't seen that, in fact, basically, just go and see that. Yeah, just forget all about Da Five Bloods. Go and see that. Funnily enough, I started watching Divide Bloods and I just couldn't get it. And the, the weird thing was that there was there were scenes that were they're these they're these basically these buddies who get together who were in Vietnam together, and then they have they have memories of being in Vietnam together, but um, they're all the same age they are now. And I was just like, right, okay, I'm not quite sure where that's coming from. Is a lack of budget here, or it, it just kind of threw me a bit. And then I listened to an interview with Spike Lee where he said, well, you know, I trust the audience to be intelligent enough to know that, that, that that's their memories of of that. So they're remembering themselves as the age they are now. 
And uh, and I thought, oh, right, OK, well, you know, thanks for trusting me. But I know I really didn't get that. Uh, went straight over my head. But there you go. Um, so, yeah, just watch Black Klansman. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, it, it didn't do anything for me. Never mind. In fact, I quit about halfway through. Um, another uh, another movie out that's I think it's a, um, a it is a Netflix original, actually. Um, and well, I think it is, but it's basically uh, made by Fangoria. Now, Fangoria is a very, a very well-known, respected horror magazine that's been out for absolutely years. Um, Ramsey of Acid Rain fame used to be uh, used, used to be always reading that back in the day. Um, VFW. Um, it's like it's a real '80s horror throwback. I mean, it's it's well done. The violence is totally over the top. You know, people burst. <laughs> literally burst um in it it's kind of a cross between i don't know it's like an 80s version of um dust till dawn i mean and there's two people from dust till dawn in it um there are no vampires but it, it does involve people getting stuck in a place and defending it um i enjoyed it the first 30 minutes the first act if you will is um is a little slow but um yeah it wild away the time and um and you know i i, I wouldn't necessarily uh, well, I don't think anyone's going to watch it and go, oh, my God, that was amazing. Um, uh, and you might watch it and think, oh, my God, that, that's fucking shit. So, you know, just just check it out if you want. Um, but I enjoyed it. It passed the time, which isn't exactly a ringing endorsement, but there you go. Um, now, I also watched a documentary called The Amazing Jonathan. Now, I'd, I'd wanted to see this after a very interesting review I'd heard Mark Kermode do. Um, or Kermode. Is it? No, no, it's Mark Kermode. Um, it's actually Kier mode for because he's from the Isle of Man, but let's not get into that. Uh, anyway, it's my podcast, not his. Um, <laughs> the Amazing Jonathan. So yeah, I, I watched that, and I actually enjoyed it more than I more than I thought I did at the time. If that makes sense, it's about ninety minutes, and it achieves the very very rare thing of at the end of ninety minutes of watching this documentary, you are no further forward. You, you're, you're no closer to knowing anything about the story that you've just watched for the last 90 minutes. You're no better informed. You are no wiser. You are left with load of questions and pretty much no answers. It's up to you to try and decide what you think. Now, I know that sounds really kind of um uh, well not entertaining um i i like i said that it's quite an achievement to watch a documentary for 90 minutes be none the wiser but still enjoy it um it's not for everybody um and it's but it is a very interesting and if you don't know who the amazing jonathan is just look it up he's a very very funny sort of gonzo comedian um from back in the day um so there you go. Uh, that's The Amazing Jonathan, which is a documentary. And um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Pretty amusing. That's that, that's all I got there. Um, next up would be um, As the Palaces Burn. Yes, I can't believe this. I'm actually enjoying the new Lamb of God album. And to that extent, I actually finally watched As the Palaces Burn because it is on Amazon Prime, which is the documentary about their tour that Randy Bly uh, ends up being arrested uh, and detained. Um, and... Uh, yeah, in the Czech Republic. And um, again, I really enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, although I have to say the prophetic last line, well, having been through this, um, I guess we're all stuck together until one of us dies. That's the very last line of the um, 
of the documentary and that is also by Chris Adler who of course is not in the band anymore and I just think I'm I've just realized I think I might be repeating myself from the main podcast so apologies there because I doubt anybody's listening to this and not listening to the main one but there you go not that this is whatever um uh, but yeah I really enjoyed it um now there's a couple of a couple of movies that I have watched for the very first uh, sorry again just to appreciate them again um and uh, and that is basically uh 1917 which is Sam Mendes movie it's the one about the first world war hence the title 1917 um it follows two soldiers it's 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 kind of done as one shot you know you just follow them everywhere it's brilliantly done it is incre- it's just incredible um really enjoyed it watched it for the second time in a, and and you know i enjoyed it way more the second time than the first time um i think the first time i was watching a slightly dodgy copy so serves me right but just an amazing awesome movie and to that extent it then inspired me to watch again they shall not grow old now if you don't know what they shall not grow old is just watch it again it's a documentary on the first world first world war um the work it's, it's peter jackson spent two years putting it together um possibly more than that actually um it is a, a stunning project and once you've watched it then go and look into the work and effort that was put into piecing it together it's phenomenal phenomenal I mean, it should be shown in schools, simple as that. And so should 1917. It really should. Um, I appreciate people listening. I I appreciate that's not, like, everyone's cup of tea. Absolutely get that. Fair enough. But, um, I, yeah, I can't recommend those two highly enough, 1917 and They Shall Not Grow Old. Um, Neither of which are going to leave you in an upbeat, feel-good kind of mood. So, you know, there you go. If, If you don't mind that then cool i'll tell you something else that's in fact two more movies that are not going to leave you in an upbeat kind of mood either it's taken me a long time to get around to watching the imitation game um i don't know i like i do i do like um benedict cumberbatch but and i keep having to remind myself that i like him but for some reason when he's in stuff it kind of puts me off i don't know that doesn't make sense it really doesn't because i like the stuff he's in apologies for the needless rising inflection there um i'm not fucking australian um, are you coming to dinner? I feel great. Anyway, shut up. Um, it's the ADHD kicking in, or as we've come to call them, tangents. Um, so yeah, the imitation game. Again, it, it just outstanding movies. Uh, outstanding movie. Oscar nominated. Did win an Oscar. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I kind of have this rule that if you know, unless it's for costume or special effects, you know, then then. You know, if it's irrelevant to the creation of the piece, then if it's got an Oscar, I'll watch it. Um, might not always enjoy it, but it, it, invariably, it's not going to be shit. I might not like it, but I will have to say, wow, that was, you know, yes, I can see why it won an Oscar. Prime example, for instance, going off on a tangent here. In fact, I think I mentioned this in an interview, uh, or I've mentioned it before, was the movie The Favourite, um, which Olivia Coleman won uh, the Best Female Actor Award uh, Oscar for, um, and quite rightly, um, but it's a movie that does not equal the sum of its parts. There's brilliant supporting uh, performances um, uh, from Rachel Weisz and from... Oh, it's going to really annoy me because I'm not... And Emma Stone. Wow, I've actually remembered. Um, I mean, all three of them are brilliant, but 
and, and Nicholas Holt is is good, but as a movie, it just didn't quite hang together for me. Anyway, slight tangent. The Imitation Game, absolutely brilliant, and also. Um, I watched it with my mother obviously the second world war she was a, a kid during that um, and she knew the, the story of Alan Turing but didn't know what happens there's a, 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 a you know, I mean, his personal story is very sad but um, yeah there's just you know everyone kind of it's about the enigma machine and, and breaking but how they actually manage that situation once it happens was absolutely amazing it really was jaw-dropping that that that's what happened um uh, and and you know at the moment we're all about you know where there's a real drive in society um uh for acceptance of of all races creeds colors sexualities etc and i'm sure some of you think mm, do you know what it's oh it's, it's all a bit of over the top or oh, things that if you watch this movie and see as a country how we treated a man who was a national hero, not just a national hero, a world hero, who probably did more, single-handedly, probably did more uh, to defeat the Nazis than any other single person. And hands-on, I'm kind of including Churchill in that, although... Churchill backs him so Churchill is responsible for his success so kind of not Churchill then but when you see how we treated that man as a nation it just made me fucking ashamed in fact it made me cry because it's just fucking horrible what happened to him should not happen to anyone anyway um, if you've seen it you already know and if you haven't then yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, again, it's not a feel-good movie, and the next one is definitely not a feel-good movie. It's on Amazon Prime, and it's called simply 7,500, starring, and I hadn't seen a movie with him for ages, and um, I'm. it reminded me what a great actor Joseph Gordon-Levitt is, um, and he's the main star of 7,500, or 7,500, and it is just... I, I, it's very impactful as a movie it really is it's just yeah I, it, it was, I was absolutely glued to the screen it's only about 82, 83 minutes long um, but definitely worth a watch if you have um, uh, if you have Amazon Prime and also a reference to um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt there's a really cool film, film he's in from 2010 called Hesher that's H-E-S-H-E-R. Oh, fuck off, Amazon and your fucking notifications. Um, so, yeah, uh, Hesher. It is, it's a really, really cool movie. And, and he plays, a, he plays a, a, basically a, a metal fan. Um, and uh, the tagline for the movie is, Sometimes life gives you the finger. And sometimes, uh, sorry, sometimes life gives you the finger. And sometimes it gives you dot 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 so there you go um but the, the the key thing that i'm mentioning this for as well is that i know obviously pretty much everyone listening to this is into metal it was one of the very first movies to feature metallica on the soundtrack um he and, and he and there's metal all the way through it. he's basically a metalhead um and and it's really cool so yeah i you know I'm, I'm recommending that i haven't watched it for ages um but watching 7500 reminded me of what a cool movie it is 
Um, and also, you know, it's it's a, a fairly decent cast. Um, Justin Gordon-Levitt, Rain Wilson, who some of you may know, uh, Natalie Portman. Uh, I mean, you know, Natalie Portman. Really, I'm I'm, I'm not so sure. I'm I'm really not so sure. But anyway, you know, occasionally she's good, but occasionally she's just yeah, a bit sort of just glassy-eyed and not particularly engaging. Anyway, she's still been in some good movies. Who am I to Who am I to um, tear her down? I'm not tearing her down. Just it's not my favourite act- a-, a female actor nearly said actress fuck it actress um, uh, now Rotten Tomatoes only gives Hesher 54% and all that is an example of is that uh, great that's what you get when you um, you know when you average out a whole load of people's opinions well the only opinion I'm interested in is mine the only opinion you should be interested in is yours so if you want to check it out check it out and if you don't then don't see if I care um, and um, and finally um, I'm going to have to check the title of this one because I haven't written the whole title down. And it's a Netflix movie called The End of American Crime. And um, I, again, I got about an hour into it and I just... I mean, I don't know about anyone else, but especially during lockdown, um, there's so much to choose from. And, and if you find yourself kind of just going... Oh, I'm, you know, I'm checking my phone and, I'm, and I just think, yeah, right, I'm done here. I gave it an hour. Some of you might like it. You know, I... I I really, really... In fact, I've just looked... Oh, right, okay. I've just looked it on Netflix, and apparently I've still got an hour and 51 minutes left. That's when I uh, dropped out. Uh, A bank robber joins a plot to commit one final historic heist before the government turns on mind-altering signal that will end all criminal behaviour. So it's a high concept, but it's a low delivery. Uh, Didn't work for me at all, obviously, because, uh, yeah, I left it with... uh, one hour and 51 minutes left. So there you go. I, you know, I'm kind of staring you away from it. Whatever. If you, you know, Give it a go. Give it a go. Um, so there you go. There's, there's some movie and TV recommendations for you. Now, I, I back to what I was saying. Um, uh, uh, Gary is, you know, iClass is one of my best friends on the planet. And um, we do actually, well, I'm, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to preempt what, what's, what's coming now. But, um, there is that there, we, we've got a lot of history, a lot of movie. We share a lot of movie history. We've we've watched tons together. We've talked movies till our till we're blue in the face. Um, uh, Gary is also bass player from legendary Newcastle heavy metal band um, Accelerator. He's also uh, got a prog project about to come out, which uh, I'm I'm going to get him on the main podcast to talk about as well. Um, and um, right, so this this you, some of you are going to find this a, a really going to probably identify with this and find it a real kind of throwback. And some of you won't. I don't know. Why am I suddenly trying to predict all the time what you're going to like, what you're not going to like? I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I no, don't normally give a shit. Um, and, you know, I don't, think, I don't think I do give a shit. No, not at all. So, um, yeah, there you go. We've, I, I have talked movies sufficiently enough. That is a very nearly 20 minutes. So let's get into the interview. It's a chat. It's not an interview. It's a chat with my good friend, Gary Foley. So, um, welcome. Yeah, welcome to my my rock and roll partner for uh, this particular episode of Movie Bollocks. Is somebody I've been to, been to see movies with. Um, and um, we had Ed... Uh, Ed Box from Newcastle last week, and this week it is um, bass player extraordinaire, 
um, man behind um, a huge prog uh, project, which we're going to hear about. Um, it is the one and only Gary Foley. How are you, mate? Howard, um, what a big up. <laughs> Probably the best big up since you introduced Accelerator in 95, something like that. Fucking hell, did I? Well, you said that I had four strings on my bass and two of them were no use to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that was... <laughs> but, you know... Yeah, it was a laugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good, like, it's a... two, two's too many, one's enough, something like that, you know? <laughs> oh, dear, what a cunt. What a cunt. Nothing's changed. Um, so, um, so anyway, how are you, mate? It's um, uh, it's uh, it's a bit warm, isn't it? And it's a bit lockdown. Warm and lockdown. A, a, little, a couple of things to get out of the way. I'm a Geordie. I think people have sussed that. But sometimes I will use the word I rather than ah. Like, I'm hot. I will say I'm hot because I'm trying. This is my radio voice. Right, so okay. I can understand a little bit more. You know? oh, that's that's very good of you. I'm sure the listeners yeah. appreciate that. But if I get carried away and excited about something, I tend to oh. the Geordie comes out a bit. Oh, like, oh yeah, oh yeah. All all bets are off. It'll just sound like a load of vowels being yeah. mangled. Listening to your last podcast, actually, um, no, it wasn't your last podcast. It was because I listened to them in the wrong order. Charlie Hunnan in the gentleman should speak like me, not like Sting. Yes. 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 Char- Charlie Humdrum. <laughs> yeah. Oh, ble- I did no. see that to them actually. Yeah. Bless him. You know, he 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 kicks. Oh yeah, I've met I've met him. He's a lovely bloke. Mm-hmm. I met, mm-hmm. But uh, but the thing is that it's like, bless him. He rocks the small screen. But put him in a film. Yeah. Put him in a movie. <laughs> and it's Jennifer Aniston all over again. It get it fucking tanks. Yeah. I've, I haven't seen him in Sun. I haven't seen Sons of Anarchy. So I haven't. Oh, I'm mate. unaware of, it, of how good he is in that, you know. Oh, mate, that that is, that is worth a binge. I have to say mm. that is worth a binge because there is, it, it it goes to places. It does go some places that other TV series dare not go. Yeah, yeah. So it is. Look at us, eh? Straight, straight into the flow of it. Straight <laughs> in. Just slag it well, off, I Charlie Hundrum. No problem doing five hours, man. No <laughs> We well, I tell you what, we we could probably we could probably do we could probably do five hours without without even thinking about it, couldn't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, good old um, good old Charlie. He's like it, it's one of those talents that just like I said doesn't seem to have doesn't seem to have um, uh, translated to the big screen. Basically, like mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know, like everybody who is in Friends, you know, none have gone yeah. on to have a successful or what you'd consider a particularly successful movie career. Um, and um, yeah, it's just it's a weird one because like because he's, he's 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 in a lot of movies and people clearly like like what he does, but I don't know he's he's just not been in a movie that's really worked for me at the moment. Apart from maybe <clears throat> maybe that Netflix thing, Triple Threat. Oh yes, I forgot who's in that. Yeah, yeah. But that... he had it was a good cast with him, and I liked the. It was ensemble, really, wasn't it? I yeah, like and the he other guys he, more, you know. He was half decent in that, but again, I think yeah. it's because it's like it was like you say, it's an ensemble. There's no, well, I was going to say there's no star, but you know, mm. Ben Affleck is stood right there. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But it is. It was like it was basically like all of it was an ensemble piece. You know, that the parts were shared around equally, and there was mm. no, you know, there wasn't any attention on any particular one character. And in that case, I thought he came across really well. It's just when he's required to do a bigger job that I just think it's it, it. He's found a bit wanting. 
Mm-hmm. I, I mean, for me, there's that much stuff now, as obviously we'll come, come to talk about, that I don't remember what I've seen. I, I looked on Netflix to look at like my kind of back history, but it only shows me stuff from 2020. Yeah, on Netflix. Netflix you can download Netflix it as a shit. PDF or something. So, because I, I was wondering that, you know, I've seen some amazing films, but they, you, they just don't stick with you the same as things that you see at the cinema. You yeah. Know? Well, ne- well ne- the thing is with Netflix as well is that um, it, it just annoys me that, like, you, you'll start watching something and go, yeah, that's shit, I'm not going to bother with that. And it stays in your continue watching list for fucking yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah, so you, know, you flick yeah. through it and you think, I don't even remember fucking pressing play on that. No, no. You know? Oh, the shit come up in my list. It's like five seconds of a children's TV show. Obviously, the kids have went, oh, I'm on Dad's channel, you know, I'm going to go on my own account. Right. You know, so they haven't got privy to something like blue is the warmest colour or something, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then, so that, for a second, I've got some kind of thing, and that, like you're saying, it's, it hangs around, like you say. Oh, man, it hangs around. And it's, uh, the, the, the one thing, the thing that winds me up more than anything, though, is when, is when Netflix says, um, Netflix goes, um, oh, you know, because you watch this, we thought you might like to watch this. And it's like, yeah, but I've already watched that. <laughs> don't, you, don't, aren't, aren't you paying any fucking attention to what I watch and what I don't watch? I mean, I do think it is a great, you know, medium, and it's like, you know, oh, it's, yeah. it's probably the best of, of the, the streaming things, you know, platforms for its... Um, yeah diversity of things you know i mean the documentaries are absolutely amazing and there's lots of music stuff on there as well you know yeah yeah um, definitely think I, I i i'm not sure but maybe oh no i get the mixed up because honestly one minute i'm on amazon prime and then i'm on there yeah um but definitely some of those um you know banger productions the metal documentaries and stuff like that you know i've definitely watched things like that across some of them anyway you know yeah yeah, yeah, no, I have as well, and I mean, um, um, well, it's it's all it's all part of the uh, of of the 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 cinema the cinematization of of TV, as yeah. you know, as the quality of TV has, has has increased over the years, and starting with kind of like HBO doing like you know The Wire and Sopranos yeah. and The Wire, Sopranos, yeah. and Twenty Four, as I've said before, you know, three three TV series all happened around the same time and, and tropes from those three TV, those three TV series you can find in pretty much everything that comes out. <laughs> you you're going you're gonna to kill me for never seeing 24, though. Um, not particularly, because I think, I think it's like you either got it at the time, and I didn't. I mean, I got into series mm. three and then went backwards. Yeah. But I, anyone listening to this who's never watched the 24s, Definitely watch it. Definitely. I mean, it's it's you know it's filmed a la real time. It's the it was the first TV series to use split screens to like you know four different you know different timelines yeah. going on four yeah. different stories. I mean, it won it won um, the BAFTA two years in a row for um, best international TV program. Um, and BAFTAs don't you know they don't hand those out to like you know a crock of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I don't know. I seem to have got fucking gone down, gone down a, t- a twenty-four <laughs> rabbit hole. The rabbit hole that opens up with any of this, isn't it? Yes, yeah. So anyway, look, let's get let's get on to movies. Um, and and look, your your first love. How you you know how how you well, kind of first realised? Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ, I love movies. How like well, okay, it's from fifty in the new year, right? 
obviously watched my first cinema. That I remember. Star Wars. Going to see Star Wars. Like, like, like millions of us, you know? Yeah. Millions. And I know they would say, you know, it's a life changer because like us, you're so hardcore into this stuff, you know? And the people we connected with, you know, Ed, Clive, those other people from when you were up north, you know, that, you know, yeah. the same, same heart into it. Um, you all have that memory of going to cinema for whatever the first time was, you know? But, um, but what a way to introduce movies. I mean, I bought my first record as well because I bought the single, the funk version of the theme tune at the cinema at the, on the same trip. Wow. So it was a kind of double, got my first record, my first big trip to the movies that I remember, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. That is fucking... Um, I, I, I remember going to see... Um... I saw Star Wars. I think it was. I think it was Empire Strikes Back in the cinema in Bradford. And yeah. when the and when the uh, they started playing the theme tune, they had a, mm. they, they, I mean, this is this really dates it. There was a glitter ball yeah. in the cinema. Yeah. And when they started playing the, the the theme tune, they shone a light on the glitter ball, and and the glitter ball turned round, so it looked like it was all stars flashing yeah. past. Yeah. So ba- yeah. so really, right, like you know, really, really early cobbled together sort of three D effect. But but I tell you what, at that age, I I remember just like you know going wow, you know, I was fucking amazed. I mean, how would it? You know, I try to tell this to my kids. You know, I mean, nowadays. I know we're on lockdown, but prior to that, going to the cinema, you have a ticket booked, you rock up five minutes before the film comes on and you, you go to your allocated seat, and the cinema's nearly always half full. Um, but obviously things like that, as you remember, you were que- queuing round the block for possibly a couple of hours from the showing before, waiting to get in for the next one. You had the supporting feature, you had the ice cream man, the, the Kiora, in the interval, remember? Oh fucking hell, yeah! <laughs> and then the oh, Kiora, lots, of, yeah, Kiora, and there was like all the these little oranges. Michael Caine, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Michael Caine and Roger Moore would do the advert for the Sunshine Coach. At which point, the bucket would come around the seats. Jesus! Now, <laughs> you know, a worthy cause. It was great, but I could just imagine people putting ten pence in and pulling like fifty pence out of it. Can you? Uh, I don't no. remember it being a, a sealed bucket with a little slot. I don't know. I don't know. But incredible, nonetheless, you know. And then and an advert for the local undertaker. And the oh, I, oh, without a doubt. And there'd be, well. like, like yeah. you know, you've got a, you know, a voucher on the back of your cinema ticket. Eventually, I mean, yeah, cinemas yeah, are going to yeah. realise at some point that, um, or rather yeah. the advertisers who advertise in cinemas, yeah. at some point they're going to realise that it doesn't work. I mean, it's literally like you never see somebody advertise on the back of a cinema ticket and if you you could go back to that cinema for 10 years you'll never see that company advertising on the back of that cinema ticket again <laughs> and not forgetting the yeah amazing wasn't it Oh dear! Yeah. Hey, hey, uh, it was so easy. To, it, was, it was so easy. It was so easy to keep yourself entertained in the nineties. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I feel like we're like you know. Oh, for Christmas, I just got I, I got a ball of string and a lump of coal, and I was happy. <laughs> you know, I don't. I, yeah, but I just there's. A, I, I know it's about being a kid and all the rest of it, but I just think the fact that you've got this endless barrage of 
of info now, I don't think that, that my kids appreciate it the same way. Or, I mean, leading on to that, you know, I mean, VHS, you know, you, if you wanted to see a film, you were all crowded around the TV on Christmas Day watching Bond or yeah, yeah, the Omen or something, you know, amazing. But, um, you know, the kids, you know, they have a collection of films that just whatever. They've got endless, endless, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, I guess it's like, it's, it's sort of comparing the eras. If you compare like when we were, you know, teenagers in our early 20s, you know, going to see a lot of movies, um, that was, that you know, there there was, you know, there wasn't a massive amount of choice. And like now, it's almost mm-hmm. like there's too much choice. And then like somewhere, yeah. it's somewhere in the middle, it's ideal. But again, the, you know, the movies like music has gone mad. Now, you know, you, you, you know you've got to, you've really got to dig around. And yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like it's like the the big albums, the big bands, mm-hmm. the big movies. Oh, they're all right, they're fine. Nothing's changed for them. But it's like it's the other, it, you know, it's it's that middle, you know, it's 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 everybody else, because now there is such a volume of movies coming out that you know the democratize the democratization of uh, of digitization, if you like. So mm-hmm. the same with music has happened in movies, which basically means there's tons more music out there now. And now there's also tons more movies out there, um, and it, it it's made it's the old thing, isn't it? It just it's just made it a lot harder to find really good yeah, quality I mean, product. And the top stuff will always come to the surface because it'll have a huge label slash studio behind it. Yeah. But everything else yeah. is getting lost in the noise. I, I I mean coming back around to the to your um your metal podcast here, you know, turning it full circle. If you remember. Obviously, when you when your band was in Kerrang, it didn't matter if you went to thrash or glam metal or old school metal or you know kind of blues rock or whatever. If the guys had long hair, they go in that magazine. Yeah, that's how you know. Probably both of us, you know, became Marillion fans because they shared the same magazine with Metallica and Iron Maiden and everybody else. Because that's where they put you in. But I guess to get me point, sorry, Howard, is that there was only a couple of hundred bands. Yeah. Nowadays, you, nowadays you have to have your sub-genres because you couldn't just umbrella all of them bands into one magazine and give them fair coverage. You know. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you want, yeah. if, if you want to, if you want to, I've I've found a really good way of of managing to make yourself sound fucking ancient. Is um, <laughs> is tell people that I remember when there was two genres of heavy music: hard rock and yeah. heavy metal. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's well, like, wow, how I, fucking I, old I, are I, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. You know, because there's just that. There's that, but again, it's it, more choice. There's more creativity. There's more people doing stuff. You know, it's, that's great. That's wonderful. I'm just saying, it makes it a little. You know, it's a little harder to. Um, to uh, to to get the you know the the best stuff or uh, yeah. not the best stuff but finding that stuff that um, that you know is below the surface and and you're really gonna yeah. have to you know dig out like like stuff like we used to dig out back in the day like the reflecting skin and and yeah. stuff like that do you know what I mean? <laughs> but what was good you know for us it sounded like so <laughs> bastards reminiscing now but which we are but you'd go to the cinema on Friday and catch you know Pulp Fiction Gladiator whatever it was. You saw the big movie, and then you'd maybe get some stuff from the video shop through the week, and you were up to date with the stuff that you wanted to see. 
Now he's sitting there with a list in Netflix. I've got about a dozen on it, but the series, you know, it's going to take a long time to get through. And then I've got the same, them same lists in other platforms, right? So you've got this back catalogue of things that you want to watch. Back in the day, you would just get the new films, go to the cinema on the day they came out, jobs are good in. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I've I've got to the stage now where I'm I'm looking at stuff and I've I've, I've kind of I've I've spotted a genre and the genre is uh Netflix commissioned something that's a good idea for two series. Yeah. Because the, and and it's it's always the same. It's uh, some people have gone missing. Some people have turned up on an island. Some people were supposed <laughs> to be dead but they're not. Some and it's and it's like yeah, brilliant. You've got two series in that at best because the first series will be really good. The second series will be a sort of slightly different version of series two, and series three will be shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? well, you're committed to the ten series, Howard. Now you started. <laughs> you're going to finish. You know. Look, look um, any, anyone who's watched Designated Survivor um, <laughs> on Netflix knows that that was a concept that worked for one series and it was pretty good. And after that, it was just like, oh dear. It, it's And, and I, I can't believe, because you can find these things on Netflix, all of these, like yeah. the 100 and, you know, the 125 yeah. and the nine-tenths yeah. of one person. And it's just like, oh, you know... They, they've they've gone for the logline. Do you know what I mean? Someone comes in and goes, "Look, this is the this is the idea," and they've gone, "Okay, great, make it." Um, and um, I'll do, I do. Yeah, it is just like bad news. But ultimately, ultimately, I think you know some people are into that shit, and that's like you know that's that's what they're looking for. I'm just saying that for me, I'm now steering well clear of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's hard because you give stuff a go and then. Like I say, you, you, sometimes you stick with it, and sometimes you, you know, a couple of episodes. That, like The Witcher, I wasn't bothered. I started it, couldn't be asked. I appreciate there be a lot of fans out there of it. Well, of course, I, um, and it's meant to be really good. Do you know what? But, do you know what? I'm I'm in agreement. Um, I watched two episodes. And I was like, man, whatever. Um, but I was at, I was actually at my mum's house, and she's a massive Game of Thrones mm. fan. She was like, "Oh, you know, yeah. let, let's let let let's let's give it another one." I was like, "Okay, fair enough. I mm. wouldn't have done. I'd have been out." Um, so I ended up watching them all, yeah, and and, and actually and, and enjoying it. Um, but the, but standards are so high now. It's like, yeah, I enjoyed that, but did I? How much did I enjoy it? Did you know? You know yeah. what I mean? I think it's maybe it's just for me. It was too soon after Game of Thrones saw that kind of. You know, I was in me swords and sorcery, etc. Yeah, and you, you weren't know, you weren't you weren't done. gonna yeah you, you weren't know. gonna bend the knee for another series. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Preserve your bend the knee. <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. However, if we're talking about some series that I'm enjoying on Netflix. Mindhunters. Oh yeah, that's a classic. That that, that amazing that, soundtrack's yeah. incredible. The Tarantino West with the the you know use of songs from the time and stuff. You know, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. No, that is a, that is a great that is a great series. It really is. Um, and um, I, I was actually what? What was that? Yeah, you were just you were talking about um, um, that that what was that? Sorry, what was that last series we were just talking about? Not Mindhunter before that. Oh, about um, Witcher. The That's Witcher. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and that was that was God, yeah. <laughs> that obviously made a big impact on me. Um, I meant to say. So, what was your verdict on uh, on Game of Thrones in the end? 
I think you summed it up with uh, on one of your previous episodes. Really, is that? I mean, how do you end it to please everybody? Uh, right. You, you know what it suffered from for me was, and, and this has came up on another episode too, is the way. Spoiler alert: When Anakin becomes Darth Vader, right? Oh, yeah. It's just well, I want that. Uh, maybe. Oh, go on then. And then next thing you know, <laughs> you know, it wasn't. I know they had to cram a lot into that film, and we're on a whole other thing talking about Star Wars. But yeah. it was the same thing. It was like, you know, you want to spoil it, but you know, one of the main characters, you know, goes a certain way, and yeah, um. I don't know. I just, you know what would have been good? Put a couple more episodes in there that weren't action orientated and just flesh out a bit more the that, relationships between the two people that we're thinking of, you know? Yeah, and that were, I, I, I think that, A, there's definitely a case for that. And also, um, despite the fact that it was quite a long time between, uh, you know, between series, it, it mm-hmm. felt, it, for some reason, the climax still felt a bit rushed. And I've got to be honest, mm-hmm. some of the effects mm-hmm. fucking looked a bit rush, uh, yeah. rushed. And, 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 and especially, you know, the episode that takes place basically at night. So, mm-hmm. you know, good luck, mm-hmm. every, good luck everyone. Well, I shot uh, every curtain blamed the whole lot for that one. Oh, yeah. uh, and then yeah. there's, and, but then, I know, and the, but then, uh, you know, it's just kind of like, well, oh, fucking hell, guys. You know, yeah. this is, you uh, know. I will say, sorry, I had another point I've just thought of about that for our last episode is the events happen and then there's a there's a jump in time to the kind of epilogue of the whole series, right? Yeah. Is I think they should have ended it, kind of ended it there and then started a new episode so you'd have an understanding more like it's jump time where you could fill out what has happened in some of that time. Do you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It's just one of these things again where I don't know how they could ever really finish it, you know. And and I think another annoying thing is that George R. R. Martin hadn't finished the books. It's like the Star Wars thing again. George Lucas not having a hand. Yeah. Um. You know, I think if you knew it was his story, you just go, all right. Well, that's what he wanted. That's fine. But it's been left with the season runners to to develop it well and they did an amazing job i'm not you know it's you know i mean some of those episodes in that last series you know phenomenal yeah you know it's yeah. like like the, the battle of the bastards in the in the series one or two before that you know um you're thinking how can you top this on epicness you know but they did it again it, it, well it it is an incredible undertaking it's an incredible achievement and series and you know uh, but look, you've you've tu- you've touched on it there. We've got to go there. Um, Star Star Wars. Uh, it's got to, it's got to be done, hasn't it? Um, for for you know, all the, for, you you know for any for anybody expecting. The Jedi. Let's sum it up. Come on. Yeah. Um, uh, sorry. Say what? It's a cat. It's a you know I you know I'm the biggest fan of it with with many other people, but it's a cash cow. Yeah. You know they did the, the original trilogy phenomenal. I'd like to hope kids now, I fair enough, my kids say, oh, that's green screen dad when they see clips from the old, you know, when they watch the old ones. Yeah. The original ones. Um, but, you know, the, it, it, I think anyone would, you know, no one would dispute that. A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back are the best ones of the lot. 
And I like to think a modern audience would still think the same. But I don't know this, but yeah, I mean, I still, I, I have to say, I think, uh, I think Star Wars, um, when you go back to it now, and you hope is is a bit slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I, I like the way I like. I, you're right, but I think that's the way that it's got a nice build. Well, yeah, where I mean, it's going. You know, I love all the like reveal of what the force is and all the, all that um, slow bits. You know, where they're just talking on the Falcon as they're traveling. But that's but the, the thing you know. is that that it, again, it, it like you say, it's 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 what you like, isn't it? Because for mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. you know for one person, it's like oh great, yeah, that's a nice yeah, bit of depth. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like say for me, I think I've just felt it was a bit slow. But um, uh, the, yeah, I mean, look, the original trilogy, uh, great. The prequels, um, I mean, you know, there's, yeah. Um, I still will go forever to midnight screenings, and I still will. I don't buy stuff now. I sort of get book, maybe art books and things like that. But, I, you know, I haven't got any memorabilia as such anymore. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll always be there for it, no matter, you know, I'll always enjoy it, even if you come out and kind of go, that's okay, five out of ten. I'll still be going first in the queue, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, and, and again, uh, and it'll outlive us now, Howard. It'll be they'll be making Star Wars films after we've gone. That's insane. It is, but I mean, if it's anything like, I'm just going to jump ahead and you know dive straight in. If it's anything like the last uh, trilogy, <clears throat> well, good luck to him. <laughs> I mean, you know, good luck to. Instead of writing three, instead of having a three, having a trilogy and going right, let's write that trilogy. No, let's just write one at a time. Which, yeah. which again yeah. for me, ridiculous. Isn't well, it? well, it is. But I, I've been thinking about this, and I know I kind of like you know spoke with Ed about it, and saying like there didn't seem yeah, to be a yeah. plan, and I've kind of, I've come kind of come full circle really and realised that maybe that was the plan. The plan all along was Kathleen Kennedy. She is all about the popularity. And Disney is not a movie studio. It's a fucking marketing company. And what they decided was, we're going to make one movie at a time and we're going to get the feedback and the social media footprint and see what they think and then we'll make the next one. And that's why I think you saw the first movie took zero risks, made a billion, everyone's happy. Mm-hmm. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed it at the time, mate. Before the remake thing dawned no, no. on me, I, 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 I did really enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, I, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. But but what I'm saying is that it went so well that Disney went, ah, right, okay, we are well in with Star Wars fans at the moment. We've earned the right to do yeah. what the fuck we like. So then, what you what what you get on the back of that is the Last Jedi, where somebody basically completely turns everything on its head. And then when Disney saw the response to that, they went, oh, right, okay, fuck that, uh, get JJ back. And... Damage control, yeah. Yeah, exactly, and that's what you've got. You've got, basically, you've got the modern equivalent of album, you know, release an album, you know, or, or release a movie, in, instead of having a trilogy in mind, having an artistic vision. There you go. <laughs> George Lucas is an artisan yeah. right. who yeah. had his own companies and he created his artistic vision. And Disney are now trying to create his artistic vision, and it is just, yeah, uh, I, I, yeah it, it's, um, yeah. it's uh, not it, very good. Another thing to consider, Howard, I think it's too much too quick it, because they put in those spin-off movies as well, and then now yeah. TV stuff. 
it's it's overload. You know, the, the supply and demand. I just think I'm not. I'm like, oh, there's another Star Wars film. You know, not ordinarily I'd be like, holy shit, the next episode's coming out. I've waited three years for this. You know. Yes. That excitement isn't there anymore, and these things get released onto Blu-rays and stuff within about four months of cinema release. You could not get your hands on Empire Strikes Back for about. It seemed like an eternity, but I, I'm thinking it was it was around the time of Return of the Jedi coming into theatres that you could get the VHS of Empire. I'd only ever seen it one time. Yeah. Whereas Star Wars had recorded off the TV and, you know, endlessly watched it on sick days off school and things, you know? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, it's, it's, it's a change in the eras, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I just, I just think that, like I said, you know, that, that, the plan with that trilogy, after all, I think it was always just make a film and, and then, and respond to it. And that's, and that's why you end up with, you know, as I've previously referred to it, the final episode, you know, the, 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 the Star Wars All-Stars. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, it, it, it's all right, but. There's no yeah. je- there's no jeopardy. There's no stakes. I'm never not for one minute am I expecting anybody to be, yeah, you know, uh, any surprises. And I have to say as well, someone said to me recently, and I completely agree. I completely agreed. Have you noticed how? By the way, if you're not if you don't like Star Wars, I know you're hating this section. <laughs> don't worry, we, we we will move on, right? Yeah, oh, I will move on. But, yeah. uh, but, have, on. but also, yeah. but have, have you noticed? Right, for me, the last the last iconic. Uh, um, lightsaber battle was Darth Maul against Qui Gon Jinn, and I think everything since is just like now. It's just like how we're just trying to get as many lightsaber fights in as possible. Yeah, you know. And, uh, well, and... it certainly was as any as many people have said the highlight of the Phantom Menace. But again, why that guy? You know that you, in the trailer you were like, "Oh, look at this villain!" You know he's like the new Darth Vader. Yeah, and they should have kept him. Off, uh, they uh, should have kept him. Know. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. I, was, I was talking to Paul, our, our guitarist, the other night, and he was saying, "Yeah, they mm. should have kept him." But the, I mean, the only the the best thing about those first three prequels is Liam Neeson in that first film because he just walks he around. Was. But, but, yeah, I mean, with that point, I know you're not a fan of World One from when we've chatted, but. Mads Mikkelsen and um, Ben Mendelsohn are phenomenal in Rogue One. And I think that's the same thing of the Alec Guinness, Peter Cushing thing. You put in some heavyweight, some people with some chops in. Yeah, bring the gravitas. You know, it brings some weight to it. But at the same time, Natalie Portman's won an Oscar. You know, she is terrible, you know. Yeah, I know. So it's not all, you know. Bizarre, isn't it? That we, it's bizarre that we live in that world where yeah. Natalie Portman's won an Oscar. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Um, I, I'm just trying to think. Who's the... Um, just going back to Liam Neeson for a second in that <laughs> Star Wars film. I'm trying to remember. Who's the creature he goes to visit to try and buy the parts? Oh, Watto. Watto, that's He's it. a little guy, flying blue guy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah I remember him, yeah. Trader, isn't he? Or something, yeah. Ah, Nubian credits, yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah. now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, let's get off Star Wars, mate, because people are fucking sick of it. Yeah, it's uh, an episode on its own, and it's all been said and done. You know what it is? It ended when the Death Star blew up over Endor, and that's the shit. 
Luke Skywalker should be not be living like a hermit, getting you know mourning about everything like a teenager in a bedroom. Yeah, he is the Jedi, right? What's next, son? <laughs> Brilliant! <laughs> I love it. Um, well, look, what have you seen? You know, what have you seen recently? What have you seen in lockdown? Um, in lockdown, that's, well, that, okay, that's I've doing been the in week one of lockdown and watched an entire series of something, right? Do you know, does the, does the phrase the caddy mean anything to you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen this. BBC oh, I Come mate. On. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you to explain this because you're so fucking right. And when the, when the caddy is revealed, that episode... Jesus, I, 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 li- I was up off my chest. Yes! Palm sweating. I was, right? just, I was just about to say, I jumped, oh off my off my, I jumped up off my sofa. Yeah. Yeah, that was as close to Kane, you know, Game of Thrones or something like that. Get, get you at its, at its peak, you know, Red Wedding and episodes like that. Yeah. So they, it was just incredible, absolutely well, incredible. Well, wasn't be, it? Better mention it. So it's Line of Duty, yeah. the BBC um, operational police drama about um, internal affairs, but which, frankly, sounds so dry and boring. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> yeah. if no one checked it out. But it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> Isn't it? I mean, I just, I don't. By the way, you know, you know the, you know the little copper in it, Steve. Yeah, he's... I've watched a couple of films with him in recently. He's Glaswegian. I was just, I was just, go, I was just going to say yeah. he's Glaswegian. That Cockney accent of his is brilliant. Yeah. I, I watched a gangster movie called The Wee Man. Oh yeah, he's in because that of his height. But it obviously, you know, he was. It's a true, based on a true guy in Glasgow who they called the Wee Man. He's hard as nails. Well, do you know um, his? Um, do, do you know his? Uh, his real life story. Um, he wasn't. I know he, nothing of him until I watched Lane of Duty and thought, I like this guy. But he's a he's a fucking footballer. He was playing for Motherwell or somewhere or, or somewhere like that. And, and right. like like in the, but in the youth team. And yeah. and there was a, and there was some there was a an open audition, audition. For, for like yeah. a Mike Lee film or so. I think it was Mike Lee. And there was a, no no it won't be Mike Lee. It'd be. Um, uh, one of the kitchen sink drama mob. Okay? Yeah, yeah, Ken Loach. Yes, like yeah, that. yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and he went to an open audition, and of course they love casting non-actors, and he got cast in that. And and he got pulled aside and said, look, th- this is what you're supposed to be doing, this is what you're meant to be doing, you're really good at this. And he's like, oh, am I? Yeah. And he's been, wow. and he's been, and he's been an actor ever since. He gave up on really? football because of either, you know, Ken Loach or whoever it was, plucked him out yeah. of obscurity, and he's been acting ever since. Yeah, wow. I mean, I mean, the other cast members are coming in and out of it. Is that who's who of, of British talent? You know, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, you know, film stars and, and people who've done big TV things. It's just incredible. Well, what I, what I like about that as well is, and, and funnily enough, that moves us onto a sort of something. There's a little wider subject. But you were saying, just as you pointed out there, oh, look all of the look at the guest stars, though. They're fucking huge. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. And you know why? So the BBC can sell that internationally rather than yeah, other companies yeah, buy the rights yeah. and remake it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so basically the BBC sees more wedge. So they yeah. say, no, 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 no. You've got to buy, this is finished. You ain't buying the rights to remake it. it. Ain't getting fucking remade. All of these actors are known in your countries. You need to pay. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, I'd be happy with just BBC iPlayer if Netflix went down, you know. Well... And if the internet goes down, I can go back to my DVDs, you know. <laughs> I'll be all brilliant. right, I'll be all right. <laughs> oh, man, I tell you, it's... It, yeah, I mean... 
it, it's, it is amazing what um, you know what's coming out. But Line of Duty, you know, that you just brought up there. I mean, I'm yeah. so jealous that you discovered that from scratch. And then I, well, then my wife watched the whole thing in a binge as well. Honestly, we were separately to me. So honestly, we watched I reckon like a season in a season every day or two days. It's not that many episodes, is it? I don't think six no, or something Six, like six episodes um, per yeah. season, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, I think the first one was one less or one more. It was, a, you know, let's establish it, but I hope there's more to come. It was phenomenal. Oh, you know? man, that, the, the series with Keely Hawes in it. But the guy, oh, you know. mate, she is fucking right, horrible. She, she's called Lindsay Denton, right? Because yes. I want this metal song that's like, don't mess with Lindsay Denton. You know, she's, she's just... Insane, you know. Yeah, absolutely, totally. Eve, like kind of evil but clever manipulative. You know, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, we're no, not to spoil it for anyone, of course. But no, yeah, not at yeah. all. And do and very do. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Seriously, seriously, check that out because it is fucking awesome. You, you know, another thing, Howard. And, and again, not to say anything, but it's great how the storyline continues over like all like a lot of seasons. Yes, they're not. You think, oh, we're finished with our case, but you're not. It's linked, you know, brilliant writing, you know, and yeah, not many like that. Yeah, no, no, there isn't many like that. And uh, and I, I just, just the, like you say, I, I think what separates, um, what separates a lot of TV programs is there's a type of series that does um, a story each episode. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah, but they yeah. also, but they also have a storyline in the background that overarches the whole yes. season, right? Yeah. And then there's your TV shows like Sopranos, The Wire, etc., where it's just it's it's just the same storylines forever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like yeah. Ba- basically. I mean, a Game of Thrones again comes back round to a character rocks up in series six or something. And you often forget. I think that's why in America, because sometimes when I have watched kind of, you know, copies, so to speak, you know, um, the sometimes the HBO have a little recap on, which uh, which majority of seasons I've watched, either bought them or watched them at weekly, you know. Um, I think I just a couple of episodes I missed, so I got my hands on it. And that's the thing like they'll recap that whereas you whereas we're expected just to kind of go who the hell's that guy and then you realize he's a guy who was in series one yeah. but he's important now five years down the line yes yeah yeah it's and that it's clever stuff you know yeah big time big time um, I think it's again. I was thinking of you know a show like Lost. I mean, I don't want to talk about Lost. It drove me mad the ending. But you know, they must be posted notes all over the place on a wall, going like, "How does this person interact with that one? And what will happen if this one does that? Is there a we got? Is there a plot hole we're going to create or something? Yeah. 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 It's uh, it's intense. You know. It Lots is the thing about. It is, and I, and I, also I think um, it, it's a, it, there's a, there's a lot of casting going on as well. But like I said, I think I think you know ultimately um, those seasons. I, I, but that's, but sometimes season can surprise you. Do you know what I was about to start? I was about to start moaning about like you know the the difference between those one story per episode and then you know an overarching story through the whole season, mm. and that's all it covers. 
but sometimes tv series can can surprise you and they can they can turn into something that you weren't expecting now i i started watching grim right from mm-hmm. the very beginning I know, it, yeah, I know what it is yeah yeah, yeah. it's perfectly you know perfectly inoffensive and then just at the end of the first season you think that's an interesting way to leave it and then season <clears> two starts and you think right okay and then by the end of season two you're going this is a completely different fucking program what have they done it's fucking amazing but it's yeah, like they yeah, spent it, yeah. it's like they spent 26 episodes going oh you just wait for episode 27 yeah <laughs> do you yeah. know what I mean it's literally yeah, like yeah and it just builds and builds and builds and it starts out being this sort of kind of like you know slightly more adult version of something like Buffy the Vampire Slayer except he yeah. kills, yeah, he that's kills what I imagined. Yeah, characters yeah. yeah and you think oh yeah it's alright and it's a bit knockabout and blah blah but what they do is because, and, and again it's from Grimm's fairy tales so it's not from some dickhead writer's brain where he's come up with a brilliant logline that'll last two seasons and then fall apart you know, this is this is Grimm's fairy tales. This is like six or seven series that it ends up being, with about twenty yeah, episodes, yeah. twenty-four episodes a season. So that's a shitload of TV, but it's got all of the backstory and of the depth of all of those, of all of those um, Grimm's fairy tales. And what it ends up building is this incredible world that exists that 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 we can't see, etc., etc. I'm really doing a top sales job on this, but the point. But the point is that it, it that yeah, it, it became something completely different. I was amazed, you know. And 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 yet, then you've got stuff like um, oh uh, Ozark, and that is just like oh, the business. Well, it's another one that's been recommended, Howard. But again, it's opening the box, isn't it? Right. To catch up, but I will. I think, yeah. Oh, mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Better uh, Call Saul's top of the list at the minute, and Piggy's not haven't seen those yet. Well, I've seen series one of Better Call Saul, but well, um, yeah, I've I seen. Would like to catch it up. Look, I've done I've done both of those, and um, yeah. uh, and Peaky's. I den- I genuinely think the very worst episode of Peaky Blinders is the first episode. Right, right. Um, it's um, it's yeah, but but it, oh, honestly, it's worth it. It gets better and better. It's it is. It's great. And well, then, uh, the, again, look at look at the cast as well. You know, it's it's yeah. got to be worth checking out. Well, yeah. kind of. Season three, unfortunately, has a big star doing a almost comedy turn. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you literally you watch it and you go, ah, they managed to get a Hollywood actor, but they didn't yeah. have a strong enough director to turn round to the Hollywood actor and go, and, uh, you're not actually going to do that, are you? Right, right, I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like... They've just gone, oh, I'm, I'm going to make this up because it's not going to be this person, but they've gone like, holy shit, Gene Hackman's in my show, he can just do what he wants. Yeah, yeah, because whatever yeah. he's doing is cool. I mean, it, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and we struggled so hard to get him that I'm not going to say anything that might piss him off to see him decide he doesn't want to do it. Um, yeah. yeah, no, exactly that, exactly that. You know, one of, one of those, oh, that's an interesting choice, you know, which actually means, fucking hell, you're not yeah. going to do that, are you? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's like the making of Usual Suspects when when all of the um, all of all of the cast went up to Brian Singer mm-hmm. to say, look, like whatever Benicio del Toro is doing, it's really not working for us, and we can't fucking understand him. What the fuck's going right, on? Right, right. And Brian Singer to and it was Gabriel Byrne who led who uh-huh. led who led the you know the the plea 
to yeah. to to the director and and he turned around and he went he's a fucking genius just let him do what he does and play off it and it'll work believe me yeah yeah and 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 you know that this story's being told by Gabriel Byrne and he and he goes right, right, and, he, right. and he just and he says and fair play you know he was right because it absolutely yeah. works and you know I mean I, I claim Gabriel Byrne had the biggest yeah I'd, I'd done the most work I suppose you know he didn't know who Kevin Spacey was you know. No, he was he was he was, he was the yeah he was the movie you know, he was the movie well, heavyweight. I both had the ups and downs, right, so to speak. But yeah, but well, they were both massive talents, you know. But he was the he was the the movie heavyweight in there. But you also had Pete mm-hmm. Postlethwaite just yeah. popping in. Yeah, for of a, course, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you what, mate, I have heard some stories about him over the years. Postlethwaite. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he liked to party. He liked to party, and he liked party, and he 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 liked everything that you would associate with a good time. <laughs> um, yeah, a mate, a mate of mine knows him um, uh, knows him really well, and um, or I knew him really well. Work, yeah. Worked with him a number of times. In fact, I'll have to try and get him on here because he's a he's a he's an actor himself, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and he said he said yeah that he was. Um, I mean, he you know he's top man. Didn't have a bad word to say about him. He said yeah, he does love a. Um, yeah, he does love a party. And, wow, um, you would never have thought it, would you? I mean, I, you know what I mean? He doesn't seem the most rock and roll guy, but that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, apparently, um, uh, apparently, the last time my mate saw him before before Postlethwaite passed away, mm-hmm. um, he said, "Oh, how are you?" And he said, um, "And he said, well, you know, I'm 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 a healthy liver these days. You know, I'm off this, I'm off that, I'm off that, I'm off that, and." Um, uh, you, you know, and apparently that's going to prolong, you know, prolong my life. And then, you know, my friend wow. was like, "Oh, that's 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 great to hear." And he was like, "Well, not really, because it's really boring now." You think he was <laughs> always a professional at work, though? Yeah. Oh, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. was saying. He was saying it was like, you know, even if even if he was, you know, uh, a little worse for wear, he was always yeah. absolutely on it. But um, yeah, I should honestly, I should, I should get him, I should get wow. him on. Because um, everybody would know who he is as well. Um, anyway, yeah. like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, st- I'm gonna stop talking now because otherwise, yeah. I'm gonna have to reveal gonna say, who The is. only bit of goss I have like that is that a friend of mine. Um, he was, he, he was direct, like he, he, he is an art director. Or, yeah, I don't know the exact um, job description, but he, he writes um, adverts, commercials, you know. Yeah. And they were doing this massive campaign for you know, a giant car manufacturer in America. Um, and they used, like, A-list Hollywood directors to shoot the commercials. Also had famous, like, celebrity straw actors. You know, they had, like, big names in the in the adverts as well. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, there was two directors my friend worked with. Um, and the first was Doug Lyman. <laughs> Brilliant. We're talking about swingers. swingers yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but obviously he's made, you know, he's directed Cruise and, you know, uh, the first Bourne film and things like that. You know, he's pretty massive. And the second was Richard Linklater. Yeah. Now, I'd heard that, see, when Richard Linklater did the Boyhood film, that took him, you know, 20 years to film or whatever. You know about that film, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, I think, he, you know, there's some amazing feat to do a film like that, and it probably could have got more like nominations and stuff like that for awards. But I'd heard, I don't know where, you know, just, you know, news, I don't, not a connection in the industry or anything, but I thought 
that Linklater's a bit of a frosty guy and like he mightn't be that popular with you know other peers, you know? Yeah. That's what I heard. Doug Lyman on the other hand I just thought would be, you know, chill out. But apparently Richard Linklater rocks up to knit shoot the commercial, total professional, lovely guy, you know, no ego, anything like that, right? <laughs> Flip that over. Doug Lehman comes, gets out of some limo with two twins or something. Ah, oh, right. You know, I, I don't know if he'd been indulging partying or whatever, but, you know, probably not awkward, probably amicable, but, like, you know, not completely professional in that sense, you know what I mean, of yes. how he would show up for work, you know. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of things like Pete Fossil's way where you don't imagine that of people, but they're just like us, really, you know. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, look, you know, same thing, isn't it? It doesn't matter what the industry is, whether it's, you know, whether yeah. it's music, film, whatever. Um, you know, pe- people are people, um, and that's just it's just the way it rolls, isn't it? But it always amazes it always amazes me now when you you know to to this day where you see something, and it's like you know, load of actors, great directors, blah, and, and and it's shit. Do you <clears> know <throat> what I mean? And you st- and you watch yeah. it, and you just think, you know. Didn't anybody, whilst they were doing this, just, like, notice? I, I mean, that is the mystery to me, how any film is bad, really, because if there's somebody behind it and it's not just somebody's, you know, pet project that they've raised a hundred grand or, you know, a million or whatever, you know, and straight to TV, but you can't imagine it, can you? Because you think, why would you sign on to that? You must have read that script and... Well, thought at some point I'm hesitant about this or, or what have you. I, I don't know. I, th- it, I but I think it, belief. I don't know. Well, it just comes. It, it comes back to what every um, uh, creative industry struggles mm-hmm. with, and that's the fact that it's an industry. It's business, and people who are going to make the decisions are always going to be the money people. And mm-hmm. so, and so, you know. Right, I'm going to go on a tangent to prove a point, but you, you you'll see where I'm going with this, right? Right. Two comedians of my, two comedian friends of mine, um, always play this game about trying to come up with a perfect murder, the way to get away with a perfect murder. And one night they were bullshitting in a in, in a bar, having done a gig, and uh, and, a, and and they got anyway they got talking to a copper. And one of them says to the copper, "Right, let, I'm going to run my I'm going to run my idea for getting away with murder past you, okay? And I want you to tell me what you think." And he goes, "Yeah, okay, cool, cool." So he said, "Right, first of all," and he says, "Right." A friend, and, a friend and I, and the copper just says, stop there, you just got caught. Yeah. And he was like, yeah. what do you mean? And he said, well, you just doubled your chances of getting caught. You just doubled your chances of something going wrong. And times that by about 300 people, throw in some studio executives, and mm-hmm. then you've got a movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've got millions of complicated working parts, you know. Uh, For instance, you've got this absolutely fucking amazing idea that you know is going to work, that everybody, blah, 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 and and you just get, marketing says no. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And and it must be heartbreaking. It must be heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. I mean, just imagine before you used to get all these director's cuts and and shit like that. Well, Mm -hmm. even even Mm -hmm. movies we've been talking about today, you know, the Star Wars All-Stars, that that last version. you see, now not many people have got the full creative control to just do a print and release what they vision, you know. We're going we're gonna to start um, talking about Delhi Villeneuve again. This is going to be dead <laughs> for the third it's, podcast it's, in a row. Villeneuve got, has Villeneuve got carte blanche just to put out what he wants? He's got final cut, has he? 
Well, do you do you see do you see anything that is commercially appealing about Arrival at all? Do you know what I mean? It's not like it's yeah, it's, but... it's not like there's any there's no, there's no obvious decisions in his movies yeah. where you're going. Yeah. Well, clearly the studio had a say in that. Well, yeah, but I'm trying to come kind of try to phrase it right. But I think you know, by the end of the day, it, it, it's such a good film that somebody with a a bit of sense must have watched it in the screening room and went, all right, I don't want to mess with that. Well, the, the, the reason why I think he's kind of got something like Final Cut or whatever it is, mm. is that when you watch Arrival, yeah. um, when it finishes, you, you, you know, no matter who you are, no matter how well you mm-hmm. followed it, you are going to yeah. need. You are going to be a bit confused. You are going to need time to digest what you've just seen and everything. Now, mm-hmm. if you put that past the test audiences, yeah. you know, most most studios are going to go right. We need to completely rethink it. I wonder. You know, I don't know chicken and egg which of these films was released first, but something like Interstellar, right? You know, pretty baffling. I think Interstellar came but out first. But if you first. can sell that and just if they can sell that and go look at this, is, I, I don't know the box office and things like that. You know, what I mean, it was it, it was his least does. successful <laughs> film. It was his least but, successful but film. It was his least successful one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Interstellar. Interstellar is superb. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I didn't. I. I thought it was great on the on Earth, and the minute they yeah. left Earth, I just lost all interest. I had to revisit it to kind of get an understanding of, and I still don't really understand it, but I kind of think I understand it. You know what I mean? Well, just wait till um, t- wait till Tenet. You're not going to understand that either. Well, that's it. Yeah, we've gone to Nolan now, son. I know. I know. We're on a roll, aren't we? You know, I mean, I still, I've discussed this with people, and you know, I think it's best for them to prestige. Well, do you know what? I, I, you're not alone there. Personally, personally, I do like the Prestige. Don't get me wrong. I think it just I, seems a smaller film, even though it's got like massive stars in, and it's cost a lot of money to make. Oh, look, it's a great, it's but, a great film, but I still, still, just cannot um, look 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 any further than Inception. Mm-hmm. Um, I do on the Blu-ray, and I, I've saw it at the cinema. I haven't watched. Have another rewatch. Oh, I want to. mate! Uh, on, I, I, honestly, I, I think know, it's it's yeah. it, it is it's the it's the it's the biggest big budget um, mainstream star packed concept mm-hmm. movie that you yeah. that you're ever gonna see. I mean, it's, yeah. it's you know <laughs> yes. everybody, yeah. everyone is in it. There's all sorts going on. It is incredibly confusing at times, but. It just fucking works, and the majesty of some of it—just the—it's yeah. incredible. I mean, I. Somebody I'm... said to me yesterday, said, um, "Oh, you know, Nolan, he's old school. You know, I know that he still shoots on film. I think that even there's a lab that remains open, or, or a, a, you know, a factory that makes film just for Christopher Nolan. That may be an exaggeration, but you know what I mean. He's one of the last ambassadors of old school." But this person said, oh, you know, Nolan, he's so old school, he doesn't use CGI. I said, oh, my God, you haven't seen Inception, then, have you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you haven't seen... He forgot, he just forgot. Was I was going to say, yeah, you, you, you haven't seen Dunkirk, then? Because yeah, uh, last time yeah, last time yeah. I checked, he didn't just go and bomb a beach. Yeah, well, he could have packed the beach out with a few more thousand extras for CGI, I suppose, but... Um... yeah. Yeah, some little. Yeah. I, uh, f- the the best the best story I've ever heard about CGI. 
I think it was I think it was that movie Pearl Harbor, right? Yeah. And um, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s in it. And yeah. it, oh, right. well, and, I can't remember him being in it, but yeah. Well, it, and it, 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 I, I think it was that. I, I might have got my movies mixed up, but anyway. No, he probably was. Well, yeah. not long after his Oscar win, right? Mm. And he said, mm. anyway, it, like Cuba Gooding Jr. is telling the story, and he said, we, you know, we're all floating in this water tank, which is, you know, about like a fucking mile wide or something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, there's been bombs going off, and 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 the Drexel yells, "Cut!" You know, and there's like bits of floating debris are being put out because they're on fire and all that. And he said, you know, just as the sound of those, of those like, you know, extinguishers blasting just all dies down. He goes, there's this slight moment of calm. And right off in the distance, you just hear somebody shout, show me the money. <laughs> That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. It was just like, man, I am never going to live that he day. must get that, like, that is it. He's getting that forever, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely yeah. forever. Fucking brilliant. He um, needs to have in his casket. He needs someone needs to put a phone in there with a little thing on that when the we when it gets wheeled away, they just be that show me the money. Oh god, the, absolutely. Wood, you know. But um, well, you know, again, we're 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 kind of moving on to um, I don't know how I've managed that, but we're kind of moving on to uh, to Tom Cruise then as a well, uh, Hey, I had a soft spot for the cruise in the eighties, man. Me too, me too, uh, and it, it all I, it all absolutely hit a brick fucking wall after I watched I what, after I watched Going it, Clear, the Scientology documentary. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I can't remember if it was that or Louis Theroux. If we're talking about the same thing, I don't know. But no, we're not. There's, yeah. a, there's an actual documentary. Um, yeah. Well, funnily enough, the, di- the documentary is directed by Paul Haggis. Oh well, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Because yeah. he because he was a Scientologist for twenty years. And he wrote right, an, and right. he wrote an open letter and had it published in Variety, basically saying, "I've been in it twenty years. I've just entered. I've just after twenty years, you finally get to the top level to find out what it's all about. And it turns out it's a load of utter shit. I can't believe Bloody it. Hell. Um, he's well, still he's not teaching he, us anything. However, well, he still never speaks to his daughter. Yeah. He still never speaks. He's lost his daughter to Scientology. Wow. Um, and he said the 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 in the movie it's amazing. Mm-hmm. He published that article." Um, and and he went out, and when he came home, there was thirty Scientologists on his lawn, basically saying you need to take that down. And yeah, Great. it's um, it, it goes from there, basically. Well, uh, I definitely they, they were definitely confronting like Louis and groups and following them around, and it'd be, it was really like sort of X Files type stuff going on. Um, yeah, um, and it, and it's kind of you know, weird. It's quite creepy, you know, very creepy. Oh, very creepy. Oh, it's you also know, quite. Hiding, you know, if you believe in, if you have a faith, whatever, do what you want to do. It's absolutely cool, you know. They, no problem, you know. But they're acting really strange. Well, the the yeah, the the weird thing is as well is that is that you watch any documentary on Scientology, and Scientology seems to treat Tom Cruise a bit like a sort of Jesus Christ kind of figure. And and it is. I'm you know. surprised it hasn't affected his work and stuff. You know, like like there would be people. I know he's a, he obviously generates a lot of money for Hollywood, but you would still think that you know it, some people would not want to work with the guy. Yeah. And um, another thing is, I, I do like, I really like him, and I, and I will go to see Top Gun too, right? But but I can't you know when he's when he's interviewed and stuff like that there's a lot of guests come on right I mean look at I'll tell you a prime example like Ricky Gervais 
doesn't give a shit. He rocks up, he has a paint on Graham Norton, right? Totally natural. You can tell that's the guy that you're going to meet if you meet him. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Right? But um, but with Cruz, he, he, he's the way he acts with the, with the fans and all that. I just can't tell how much of it's a front and how much of it, you know, is genuinely the guy and how much of it is like the image of... Manufactured thing. I don't know. I don't uh, yeah, know. I'm th- funny with them. And I know what you mean. I think is um, it's 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 like when people get to that level, mm-hmm. um, there's a case of and it's been at that level for like forty, well, you know, thirty something years. It's amazing. It is. It is. And uh, you know, but when the, when people, I think, when people get to that level, there is an element where they've done so many interviews. You know, initially there's media mm-hmm. training, mm-hmm. after and, mm-hmm. and a lot a lot regularly. Get their media training topped up, and it's quite yeah. and it's quite amusing because I've I've done I've worked I've worked with companies who do media training and media training mm. media training is basically this: no matter what question anyone asks you, just keep going back to the same points that you want to make, and that's it. That's that is media training. <laughs> so it's no matter what question comes at you, just twist it and go back to the points that you're trying to make. You know, if you've got an agenda and if you've got a key agenda, no matter how many times people try and ask you or bend it and try and get you, you just keep coming back. And that is all... So so basically, in other words, you come on giving the impression that you're going to do an interview and ask their questions. But really, you've been media trained. You you are going to take their questions and get your answers out. And that's what's going to happen. Um, But... Yeah, well, we've got a tangent on media training now. Well, I've got a good link. I've got an amazing link from Tom Cruise so into something more spectacular. Right, go for it. Where are we going next? So, so when I just so in the 80s, I went to see this film three Saturdays in a row at the Odeon in Newcastle. Um, it's called The Colour of Money. Now, I went, <laughs> probably, I went probably as a fan of Top Gun and Risky Business. Um. And obviously that was probably the first Scorsese film that I saw, certainly the first Scorsese that I saw in a cinema. Um, you know, which obviously for uh, probably everyone that you get on here, it's a it's a lifelong kind of love affair with a lot of his films, you know? Oh, big time. I mean, he's, he's, well, he's the man, man, isn't he? He's the, he's the man. Yeah. He's all, you know, I mean, you know. The Irishman is just—he's gone into another level now. Now he's, you know, he's—he's he's developed technology that I heard Jamie Fox uh, being interviewed the other day, and, he, and they're going to be using mm-hmm. the same technology um, in the Mike Tyson story because Jamie Fox is going to oh, play. Right, he's right. going to play the young and the old Mike Tyson, um, and he was explaining about it. Actually, he did a bit of the voice and everything as well. It was fucking brilliant. I'm looking forward to right, it. Wow, really yeah. looking he's forward. Been, to it. I think I may be wrong, but I just haven't seen Jamie Fox in much for a while. Yeah, he's uh, well. That's because the last few things he's done have been fucking shit. Um, I don't even remember. I can't even remember what. Oh, he's what he, they were. Oh, he ended. He, oh, he ended up in something where it's like he, he was a cop who had his son kidnapped and held, and 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 so he had to do some stuff, and it was other bent cops no, that had, ringing and, the bell, ringing yeah, the bell. Yeah, and it, yeah, yeah, and it was yeah a bell marked bollocks. <laughs> I didn't like the one where. He, was like a homeless musician in LA. Oh fuck knows, mate. I don't know. I don't know. I, can't that remember. One, so I mean, obviously, it was one of those like it, it might, you know, he might get a nomination because he's playing 
you know, someone who's down hard times. Um, well, I can't it, remember what it was called. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of the the Jamie Fox oeuvre, I have to say. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be able to say, but um, but yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> going back to Scorsese, yeah, he's. You know, he's, he's pioneering at, at, at his age, which I think is incredible. Yeah. But I, I don't think we can mention Scorsese without mentioning his um, Avengers comments. And um, yeah, for anybody yeah. who doesn't, for anybody who doesn't know, he basically said he doesn't really think of them as uh, cinema. He thinks them more as um, uh, theme park rides. Um, Gary Foley, your take on that? I don't mind it, Howard. I mean, I, you know, I can see Marty's point, but. I don't think it needs to be too harsh. I think, you know, there's yeah. room for everything, isn't there? There's, there's people who who wouldn't like Marty's stuff, but they yeah. die hard, you know, Comic-Con yeah. adventurers or what have you. You know, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, don't I mean... Know. I, I, I just think it's, you know, I don't know. It starts little, like, slagging matches and little kind of internet, social media spats and that as well, doesn't it? Yeah, and do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds it reminds me of a um, of a, a small artisan kind of um, food shop, um, yeah, basically yeah. saying uh, slagging off supermarkets, basically saying yeah, that, yeah. that that's not fucking food, and it's like, well, it yeah, clearly yeah. is, and it's very yeah. busy, and lots of people are buying it. Yeah, so There's an audience you know, for everything. It's, you know, I I enjoy some of the Marvel. I, don't like the lot and and I can take it or leave it whereas yeah. Marty's you know Purple Patch or Essential Films you know um, and I would still see new releases and I haven't seen all of his films I admit of the um, so that's probably something that I should be doing well yeah but there's there's like you know you've, you've seen the important ones right <laughs> yeah oh yeah and, and I'll tell you what one that really surprised me and it's ridiculous I hadn't seen this till about 10-15 years ago was The King of Comedy right phenomenal I, I couldn't believe that I hadn't seen that you know I haven't seen it have you not no well, how, well there you go get on your list Howard it's really brilliant well do you know yeah. what as well what's always put me off is it's about stand-up comedy and I'm like I don't want to see somebody acting as a stand-up because oh, it reminds me Nero in that. But, you know the thing is as well like yeah. I think when you've seen it you understand Bobby's Comedic roles later on when he stopped doing the method acting in. Well, it's you know, well, it's full on. It's full on Bobby as well, isn't it? It's, it's not. It's it. not dirty Grandpa De Niro. It's proper De Niro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And please tell me, have you seen that Dirty Grandpa? I think so. No, <laughs> no, you know if so. you. Well, no, you, you would know if you'd had me. Well, not know. at the cinema, obviously. You'd yeah. know if you'd seen it because you'd be going, "Oh, Bobby man, what are you doing?" Do you know what? I get it mixed up with there's a one with Johnny Knoxville where he's dressed up as a grandpa and he just like annoys people, but it's reality. You know, it's not on a phone or something. But yeah, I think I have seen the. Um, I think I have seen the De one. Yeah, but um, I did enjoy um, Pacino's turn in Jack and Jill. By the way. Oh really? It's so terrible that it, there's just something when well, he plays himself, and then he start and then he cops off at Adam Sandler dressed as a woman. Oh my god! Right, so you think, come on, this is like let's go from heat to these yeah. two, right? Yeah. Let's just take it down, you know. I can't believe that you've just gone to like what you're going to be doing next, quoting white chicks. <laughs> <laughs> have you, you know, have you seen, have you, have you seen the Wayans oeuvre? What, what genius comedy? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell! It's unbelievable, isn't it? 
the East Coast, but they're still going to come up on a list later, you know. Oh, definitely. De- I t- look, yeah. I, I, and for some reason, we're talking about the Wayans, and all I can think, you know, the Wayans brothers, <laughs> and all I can think of now is the last Boy Scout. Hey, Howard, uh, this is, uh, you'll get me in trouble again, right? Because I don't remember the last Boy Scout. Oh, my God. Great. Film. I know it was the peak of, of what, what year was it out? Like early 90s? Yeah, yeah. Pete, Pete Willis. It's, Pete Willis. It's the peak of that, like, you know, Hollywood kind of shooter filming. I assume it's in LA where it's based, you know. Yeah. Um, it's probably got Tony Scott style kind of gloss on the film as well. Yeah. And some like kind of guitars, kind of like a Trevor Rabin type of soundtrack as well. Uh, look, mate, it's just fucking rocking. It really, really is. I need to see it. I t- and, and yeah, it's it's ah oh, yeah. It, I believe I must movie. have seen it in the uh, in the day, but I don't know another one that I've not seen. Bad Boys. Ah uh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to compare the two, but the massive, the big, big Hollywood action films, you know. Yeah, yeah. I've well, seen Bad Boys with Sean Penn. But also there's Bruce, but also Bruce, you know, Bruce Willis opens up a whole fucking action genre yeah. right there, doesn't it? Because it's like, what? he was just Mr. Action Movie for God knows how well, long. Well, he, he was interesting because he was around in the Arnie and Stallone era, but he's not as buff, he's more like a, a normal guy, isn't well, he? Well, he, he, well, he was an actor, wasn't he? he's, he's, I mean, he's still... He's, you know, he still could be a tough guy, but you, you know what I mean? He was like kind of your blue-collar bloke. Yeah, yeah. Well, you um, know, he made it in TV as well. Let's not forget. You know, he came from oh, moonlighting. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. and that's and that's where his his career started. Um, but he's also, you know, you can't have ever imagine like Stallone or um, or uh, Arnie turning up in a Quentin Tarantino movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. he's had quite an inter- interesting career, although he does seem to be sort of universally uh, sort of hated within the industry. Is yeah, it... I wouldn't know about that. I well, don't no, just... know. I mean, obviously nowadays it's just kind of like anything goes and... Yeah, but you see Stallone, not... slag... you see Stallone slagging him off about the Expendables. No, no. Because he's not, he's not in the last Expendables. And that's right. Be... And, and Stallone just basically made it public about, basically said the mm-hmm. guy's a dick. And he wants more money than everybody combined. Um, I mean, it's odd because the guy, you know, the, the guys who are the newbies in in the, in cinema, like um, Statham, those guys now are like superstars and kind of equal billing to Arnie and oh. Stallone. Do you know what I mean? Mate, mate, I've, I've just remembered, I've just remembered um, uh, an anecdote from the filming of The Irishman. Right. right, Stephen Graham. Oh yeah. Right, Stephen yeah. Graham, he, and it, and it, he's he's acting opposite um, uh, Pacino in mm-hmm. in the uh, in the prison, and they've mm-hmm. had and they've had lunch, and Pacino's got ice cream, and uh, Stephen Graham was like, he's like, have we got have we got any uh, we got any like Marty's like right we've got we've got the table Let, let's do another one. So uh, Stephen went over and he goes, "Have we got any ice cream left?" And we're like, "Yeah, there's two. And he goes, "Right, okay, so give me one." Because he, he says, "I'm thinking, if I fuck this up, we've got another take after this." So he goes, um, "He uh, and it's the scene where, and I'm not giving this away because if you see it, yeah. it's not a big thing. But basically, uh, he and Pacino have a bit of an argument, and mm-hmm. then uh, and Stephen Graham swipes Pacino's ice cream off the table and grabs it." Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, that's not in the script. All of that, <laughs> all of that was an improv version. So, yeah. so Stephen Graham swipes the ice cream, grabs him, and pulls him up. And, and Ma- Marty shouts, "Cut!" <laughs> and Stephen Graham puts, you know, like sort of takes his hands off him, puts him back in his chair straight away, and looks at him. And Pacino's got this huge smile on his face, and he just looks across <laughs> and goes, "Hey, Marty, do you see that? The kid scared." And it's like he's calling, well, and Stephen Stephen Graham is saying, Stephen Graham yeah, is yeah. saying, he's just called me the kid. I'm 44. <laughs> I am. Um, awesome. Stephen Graham's Desert Island Discs uh, a few months ago, I think. I don't know. I don't know if it had been out a while or what, but uh, it's an interesting um, story about when he was a kid and that. Like, it's very interesting life. Yeah, 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 and he's, he's a lovely, lovely bloke. Well, he's had a, he's had a very tough upbringing, and he's and he's. Yeah. But the thing about him is as well is he he looks out for people, because mm-hmm. one I, I'm I'm saying it now. She is gonna win an Oscar. She is going to be this country's next great female actor, and that's and it's not a great, it's not a massive call because it's Jodie Comer um, from Killing Eve. Yeah, um, yeah. But the simple fact is, Killing Eve is fucking shit. Dog shit TV program, all over the place. Tonally a mess. Fucking story plot that you could drive a bus through. Well, but Jodie Coma. Series, but I enjoy it myself. But, but you know, it's not in. It's not in the top ten. No, no. But she is spellbinding. She mm-hmm. and especially mm-hmm. in the first series where it's even yeah. more all over the place than it is the rest of the time. She's yeah. just incredible. And she is. And, she is. And, and and whose agent has she got? The same agent as Stephen Graham. Why? Because Stephen A. Stephen Graham acted with her. He had one scene with her five years ago, and, wow. he, and he took her aside and said, "Look, have you got an agent?" And she was like, "No, I, I just got this through." And he was like, "Right, okay, you are going to have an agent by the end of the week. You're going to have my agent." And he and he he rang his agent and said, "You need to sign this girl up. I'm not suggesting it. I'm telling you to do it." You, what I think another thing's good. I, I, I put it. it take it to another show but when I first saw The Wire I didn't know that Idris Elba was British oh you've you've thank you, you know, very much you've done it the only Idris Elba role that is, is that it is acceptable to like is yeah. Stringer yeah. Bell and every, yeah, Stringer everything Bell. everything so else no, he's I mean, done is fucking terrible <laughs> yeah yeah but I think well yeah well he, he's 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 got the one thing that he does, and he does very well. But believe you, know, you believe you and me, could though. Could he be Bond? I don't want it as Bond. Oh, Gary, believe you and me, you clearly haven't seen the two series of the sitcom that he wrote that is on Sky. No, I haven't. Oh, <laughs> fucking hell! I tell you what, Idris, I'll write, I'll write some Shakespeare and see how you fucking like it, you cunts. <laughs> <laughs> Man. But, yeah, but Jodie Comer, it's the same thing, isn't it? If you didn't know, now we know she's from Liverpool or has the Scouse accent. Yes. You know, I don't know much about her, but when you watch that show, it's, wow. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Well, look, Gary. But I have, I have then subsequently seen or heard her interviewed, and she talks about how, you know, that was something that she's done, whether it's just as a kid messing about or whatever, but she has a good a penchant for do an accent like it's amazing yeah yeah no i mean I, I like i said i was i was absolutely blown away 
Look, Gary, I've got an idea here, right? We are yeah. we're one hour fifteen minutes in, and and that's fra- a long time, man. Yeah, but to be fair, to be fair, I think we should do a part two. All I've done on my list, Star Wars, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and the caddy. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Well, look, well, yeah, I enjoy do, that. Of let, let, look, man, let's. You know, brilliant. I don't, look, I don't think I like. In a way, of all of your esteemed, um, you know, people that you've had on here, I'm probably least deserving of the part two, the special two part, but you know, <laughs> look, it's called movie bollocks for a reason. I can, I can have, I can have, like, you know, one of one of one of my mates, um, you know, from bands on like yourself. Who is yeah. you know a, you know a, a, an actual genuine full on friend of mine, to yeah, yeah. to to somebody I've met twice who who edits yeah, Peaky Blinders. Yeah. You know what I mean? The idea yeah. is that let's just get everyone on. You know. Yeah. But, when your ratings go down, you know the least the least played episode, the we consider the part two. You know. <laughs> um, what, what, quick one while we're on about um, yeah. Killing Eve. I've watched a film recently with Sandra or Cat Fight. That is an interesting film. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, that is an interesting film. And, and it must be because Sandra O oh, just irritates me and I don't know why. I can't put my finger on it. And, it, and mm-hmm. it's, it, you know, it, it. but there's something about her performance or if it's her I don't know but I just can't get on with stuff that she's in but I yeah she's do you know what? probably in loads of things I, you know she's yes. I watch a film from 10 years ago go oh she's the buddy of Jennifer Aniston or something you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah I yeah, don't yeah. know much about her other than these two these two things that we're talking about yeah yeah, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean, mm. man. Well, look, I, I'm let let's get part two done because there's loads of other stuff, and I know I know people will will um uh, will be will be will have enjoyed listening to this. Hopefully, um, <laughs> yeah. and well, hopefully, yeah. because it, but it is but, two people just talking shit from one subject yeah, to another, yeah. isn't well, it? Well, look at listeners, part two. We're going to talk about eighties horror um, and the kind of video nasty era. We'll touch on that, Howard. Yeah. Right. Okay. Look, I'm going to put you in charge, mate, because I I, I don't I don't know what we've done and what we haven't, and you appear to have a list, so yeah, you're in charge. Yeah. yeah. And I did recently that since I've been deliberating, you know, your you, your end questions, which will be in part two. Yes. I changed my favourite director. Because um, I did a kind of well, it's actually it was almost on. a who's inspired who. Yeah. Who's inspired who? That now gives us. Feel well, look. Do you want to? And I've kind of got got a theory on this as well. Well, look. Do you want to? Well, do you, let's do them now, and then we can do them again in part two, and see if any have changed yeah. then. <laughs> yeah. Because okay, fire it, away. Fire right. Away. Okay. So we got to start with. Um, well, I I always say favorite movie, but I I've, I've, I allow people through. I've got that's perfect. I've got three. Go on then. I, I want to talk about the fourth one next time, but right three. I haven't watched it for a long time, but I think it's a good, a bad, and the ugly. Right. I think so. I mean, it's like The Godfather. That's one of these things you don't just put on and, you know, it takes yeah. a long time. But, but you know, the, I think as well, it's probably got a bit of, there's probably some emotional... Um, yeah, it's metallic. Kind of it's probably my dad introduced us to it as well. Right, okay. Okay, and also... You know, and, and, and I know and, fine and, well is some of these these films of that era still like he asked me about them now like can you get that on a, a the disc I'm like of course you can't get anything ever now you know yeah 
he's got an old VHS or something, you know. But yeah. It's, so, fun, it's funny. It's funny you should is. say that. It's funny you should say that about your dad because um, I got my mum Netflix eighteen months ago, and because mm-hmm. she spent her entire life being dictated by the TV what she can mm-hmm. watch and when, she's eighteen yeah. months into being able to view on demand, but she still hasn't got her head around it. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because she just can't get her head mean. around yeah. the fact that she's in charge of the TV, and it's yeah. not the other way yeah. around. Yeah. But um, right, next movie. Um, I'm going to say Heat, Pacino Brilliant. and De Niro. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a flip. There's... I mean, these things come up all the time. I think, to be honest, when I have a top ten, half of the top ten or less, you know, the more kind of in that 80s sort of video era and the, and the kind of possibly B-movies, but they're not because they're the big cinema films, but they're less, you know, the flawed, but I just have, you know, a soft spot for. So these ones are like genuine masterpieces. Good, the Bad, the Ugly and Heat. So say again. And my third one. Are you still there? I am still here. Sorry, I thought, I thought we had a technical difficulty. Okay, the third <laughs> one was a film you told me to watch, actually. Oh. And to this day, it blows my mind, is Swingers. Oh, man. Wow. Because I, I think a lot of films where it's about, like, kind of young people partying and stuff. Yeah. If I revisit them, that's not me anymore. Like, kind of, but, you know. Like, you know, when, you know, I'm not hitting the town in the same way. But something about that, I just, I just love it. The script's perfect, isn't it? It's, and John Favreau now, you know, you, could you go back and tell Mikey at Swingers that he is going to run Star Wars at Disney? Like, yeah. you know, and Vince Vaughn will be one of the biggest kind of comedy stars of the, of the 21st century for a bit. I think, you know, his stock might have gone down, but he, he definitely, did some big movies and definitely you know when it's a film about two aspiring actors you know they both kind of made it in real life haven't they oh mate do you know what here here is here is the the story behind that um and and the the the, the story behind it is basically that um I went to the cinema to see something else. I went with my old, uh, my old flatmate <laughs> Robbo yeah and I, I, yeah and we went to the cinema to see something else and we couldn't get in um, right. And I said, "Well, look, let's go see Swingers." And they were, and they they were all like, mm, "You sure?" And I was like, "Look, just trust me. I've heard it's really good. I know what it's about. Yeah. I've seen some clips." And we all came out and just went. Never have I been more glad to not be able yeah. to get in to see a film yeah. because we'd never have gone to see that, and we fucking loved it. Yeah, and Howard, it's probably only about ninety minutes. It's yeah. not a wasted scene in the thing. And you know when they do the pastiche to. Um, to Reservoir Dogs as well. Yes, yeah. It's and just I, got everything in it. I love, I love the speech by Vince Vaughn when he's talking about, he's talking, he's saying, yeah, it's like, you know, you, you know, it's like that character in a movie, you know, he's like that, that kind of character and you're not sure what yeah, to make yeah. of him. It's like, he could be a nice guy, he could be an asshole, yeah. you're not kind of yeah. sure. And the fact it's like, he's describing his character in the movie that you're watching, but they're talking about yeah. another movie. It's just fucking great. Love yeah. it. Yeah. I know all of you it's... listening to this as well who are thinking, John Favreau, you know, really? Can he act? Yeah. And, you're thinking, Vince on, Va- and, you're, and you're thinking, Vince Vaughn, he's yeah. shit. Just watch these yeah. two guys as yeah. thin, yeah, thin, <sighs> funny, brilliant actors and comedians, yeah. the movie swingers, check it out. That's a great Howard, show. Howard, it's, it's you go on YouTube, you put swingers, John Favreau, telephone call. 
That might spoil the movie. Actually, watch the movie. Watch the whole. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah. But yeah. but it is great. It is great. Okay. Well, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. So um, I'm going to go straight into fam- favorite male director, favorite female director, or just favorite director. If you're talking female, you're always going to come out of Catherine Bigelow, really, aren't you? And, and I liked some of the early stuff, but I hadn't considered, I hadn't thought about this, so I just had one director. So let's just stick with this, right? Okay. Right now, I've got it. It's not going to take long. Don't get me wrong, right? So <laughs> I was thinking about all of the great, you know, like the movie brats, you know, Free and Spielberg, and Scorsese, and De Palma, and Coppola, you know, all made amazing films back in the day. Yeah. But then I think the next generation. They're not a generation younger, but they're kind of the next guys who appeared on the scene, really. You know, you've got like Ridley Scott and um, Michael Mann. But I realised that both in the work of like Nolan and Villeneuve, you can totally see like Heat, you can totally see Blade Runner. Well, Villeneuve's made Blade Runner, you know. But you, you know what I mean? You can see the inspiration of their like epic scale, yes. you know, and just... They've used the same cinematographers and, and, and things that have, have come across as well. But that let me read somebody else who has uh, realised hasn't made a bad film. It's David Fincher. Wow. And that's who I'm going to go for. Wow. Just, that is a big I'm call. this today, I found that he's making a film about the making of Citizen Kane. That's his next project. It's cast. I mean, I guess it's in production, really. Well, I um, th- um, that's interesting about not made a bad film because I would. I, I, I don't own all the films and I don't like them equally, mind Howard. But I yeah. don't, you know, they're not bad. That's for sure. No, I, I I know what you're saying. It's like you know, I'd rather watch a bad um, Fincher movie over yeah. you know a, a fucking amazing Michael Bay movie any day of yeah, the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's yeah. no such thing. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. Do you know what? He is, without doubt, one of um, one of my favourites as well. I mean, I th- I think anybody, anyone, who can t- there's a rowing scene in the Social Network. Yeah. And anyone who can make a rowing scene seem like a fucking action scene in the middle <laughs> yeah, of a movie yeah, that has got the yeah, vibe of a documentary yeah. and a drama. Yeah. Um, and and the way, and he does it through through shot direction through. Um, uh, lighting choices and music choices. Yeah, I um, think that's the thing. They've always just had beautiful cinematography, all of the films, you know? Yeah. I'm not a massive fan of Panic Room, I've got to be honest. You know what? That, I think that may be in my list of films that I'm going to give a watch and then give away or, or what have you. You know, I'm trying <laughs> to downscale the collection. So it's B-list, but I did enjoy that at the time. But yeah, it was probably not as good as it's certainly not as good as, you know, the, the best ones, you know. Yeah. And yeah. and Gone Girl, the last film, I only saw it at the cinema. I haven't Loved gone it. back to that. Lo- but, oh, um, mate, watch that again. I did really enjoy it. Oh, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. No, that that is, that's a love. I've, I think I've watched it about three times. And Rosamund, yeah. P- Rosamund Pike is amazing, which takes us to... Yeah, I heard you saying, yeah. Favourite male actor, favourite female actor. Again, I've got this little history thing, right? So, you know, the, in, these weren't people that I knew instantly. However, the first film I saw VHS at home, I'd seen some things that friends smoking in the bandit, that sort of thing, was the first adult film, like a grown-up film that I saw as an 11-year-old was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Wow. 
Now, I didn't get it. You know, I did get it, and I really enjoyed it, but you kind of were more laughing at kind of... Yes. Yeah, ...things yeah. that was kind of comedic things happened to people which aren't really funny in, in a sense of what the guys are doing in this, in this institution, but it is... A, a, a really funny film obviously yeah uh, written in that way as well but it's years later you see all the subtleties of what's happening and how horrific the film is you know yes flipping you know to this day incredible but in that bracket you had them amazing people like you know Alan Bobby and um, Dustin Hoffman and Gene yeah. Hackman and, and Nicholson <sighs> you know they were flawless at the time and then kind of leading into that Sean Penn and Philip Seymour Hoffman and Gary Oldman John Hurt Anthony Hopkins you know brilliant all the time and then we've talked about Stephen Graham before and uh, you know Michael Fassbender stuff he's done recently yeah but what I'll say I know this guy I just thought was a kid you know he wasn't going to be able to like work with Marty and fill the shoes that Bobby De Niro had done. Yeah. But since the Wolf of Wall Street, oh, the Revenant, yeah. right? Yeah. And, um... Go for it. Why have I just missed an incredible film that he's done more recently? The Revenant? Come on. Django? Yeah, done? Sorry? Django, his, ro his role in Django, if you... Oh, Django. Sorry, once upon a time in America, I don't care about the film... Hollywood. Hollywood. I don't care about the film, really... Yeah, but he's amazing. Yeah, no, I'd, absolutely. The only reason you know I would now watch that, that he's grown up, he's put weight on, and he's he, oh yeah, he's not. He, he's still pretty, but he's he's not. He, him, Dude. him, and Brad Pitt kind of do the um, oh, do they that do... more mature Robert Redford and, and yeah. Paul Newman sort of thing. They're just amazing. The pair of them, you know. Well, that... I'll put Leo down because I think, you know. He's still got loads of stuff ahead of him, really. Do you know what? I think that's a, I think that's a really good shout. It's a really, really interesting choice. I mean, I, I, yeah. but the my Leo moment was watching The Departed and realizing that yeah. that annoying oh, little, yeah. that annoying yeah. little tosser from uh, yeah. Titanic is actually a really good yeah. fucking actor. Um, Blood Diamond. Yeah. yeah. Blood Diamond. Can I just say, Blood I Diamond. Pacino's still Pacino's still number one. I just think looking at someone who's still got the work ahead. Yeah. But Blood Diamond, Leo, mate. But I think of all time, I'll go for Al, though, definitely. But Blood Diamond. Blood Diamond. Come on. You must have I seen... Liked it. I liked it. I can't a... remember it now, but oh, I liked it. Man, that's, that is worth watching again. It is awesome, well, mate. It is awesome. I think that's in a box somewhere. I think, I think we have it somewhere. Right, so um, we've done we've done the movies. Um, yeah, so we've done the actor. Female actor. Actress. Female actor, yes. Right, I'll, I'll be really quick about it, and I know, like, you've touched on this with Ed the other week anyway. So, the film Bombshell, right? Yes. All three amazing leads, right? Yes. I'll also say that all three of them have used prosthetics or sort of played down how, like, how beautiful they are looking. Yeah. To kind of, you know, to play other roles rather than you know, just kind of looking attractive all of the time, you know? Yes. Right? And they're all superb. But I'm going to go, I'm going to go for Margot Robbie for I, Tonya. That is, that is a, a... Again, because yeah. I think Nicole Kidman's probably done her best stuff already and she's done brilliant stuff, you know? Hang on, um, hang, on hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on, just let me stop you there. Let me stop yeah. you there. Have you seen, um, on Netflix, 
the latest Nicole Kidman movie up there. Is that Destroyer? Yes. I thought she was amazing. That. I'm just... Couldn't believe it. She's like a detective working in LA. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that, well, the kind of things that happen in the film, the plot was a brilliant... Yeah, I'm yes. really good. Yeah, no, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I mean, I, I'm just throwing that in there, and I'm sorry to derail you. Yeah. Um, no, no, I wanted but... to bring that up. I mean, the way she, uh, she walks with this kind of like very masculine kind of strut as well, doesn't she? You know, um, yeah, she's she's just you. You never saw when she got together with Tom Cruise. You just assumed she was going to be this kind of Hollywood. You know, playing pretty attractive women who were, yeah. you know, the folly of the the lead guy, romantic films, things like that. Yeah, unbelievable like, the stuff she's been doing. Like, I and um, absolutely agree. Yeah, uh, and Big Little Lies. I think someone was talking about that on your show. You know, yeah. she's superb in that as well. That's on um, on Sky. On Sky. Loved, loved loved that. Loved that. Also, yeah. for me, yeah. one of her greatest roles is actually for mm-hmm. me. I've got the DVD. Is literally to hand. Here it is. One of her greatest roles, which for me is stunning, is the movie To Die For. Of course, of course. And Joaquin Phoenix. Hey, I, I, I never mentioned him. Well, well, Matt, Matt Dillon. Mentioning the list. Matt yeah, Dillon is Joaquin, in there. Yeah. And also, yeah. I'll throw in there, for those of you who've never seen To Die For before, watch it because it's brilliant. But also, there is about four seconds, completely interrupted, of Nail Bomb on the soundtrack in the movie and it, I mean it's like it's like full on heavy as fuck because she <laughs> and, and she like she gets together with like a sort of rocker doesn't she yeah yeah, yeah. Well, it, he's, I and, wonder if that was a kind of breakout performance or something else then maybe so that was the first thing she did I, where you thought hold on a minute it's, it's very possibly I, because it, yeah. it, 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 but if you've never seen it before watch I mean don't get me wrong it is very much a Gus Van Zandt film. You know, mm. it's not... You to know. be honest, it, Van Zandt, you know, I mean, I, for Hollywood things, right, I really loved um, Goodwill Hunting. Again, I mightn't sort of necessarily get it as much being older now, but at the time, it's like, you know, a young kid, romance, you know, going out in the world, loved it. But on the flip side, that film he made, like, kind of... Um, Last Days, it was sort of based around a Kurt Cobain character. Oh, yeah. Jesus, that was a slog to watch that, man. <laughs> honestly, honestly. Yeah. What I, a slog. I can imagine it. Michael Pitt played, like, Kurt. Uh, I think he's called Michael Pitt. He's in Broadwalk Empire. Yeah. Uh, it was meant to be a Kurt, I don't know, but it was just a guy moping around the house and then... You know, and he's like, which I would, I'm not making any jokes about Kurt Cobain, you know, I just don't think they should have, um, I don't know, the film doesn't do it for us, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm getting that vibe from you. Yeah, um, but, but yeah, the guy's done some good work as well, so fair enough, yeah. And um, favourite genre? <sighs> I, nowadays I like dramas in a sense, because all that little independent films and stuff, which probably... You know, we need to touch more on, but they they are the ones that that stick with me. But for event movies, I think it's got to be sci-fi. And if I say sci-fi, I can get away with the thing being in the in it, and even possibly Escape from New York, my fourth choice for best film, 
could go in there. Um, yeah, well, th- that's an interesting choice. <laughs> Even though it was based in 1988, which, of course, the New York didn't become a maximum security prison in 1988. But No, they had to wait till 2020. Oh, was it 1997? I can't remember. But, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, they had to wait till this year. Um, yeah. Oh, man, look, this has been fucking amazing. Definite part two got to be done. All right, man. All right. Definitely. 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 Awesome, man. Look, Gary, I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, and, uh, well, well, look, we've, we've, got to cover, uh, we've got to cover the band as well and the album coming out. Um, so um, we're going to have to do that conversation as well coming up very soon. E- yeah, sure, I appreciate it. And honestly, how it's a pleasure talking. It's like you say, it's just a natural a chat between two friends who enjoy passionately something, you know, yeah. kind of from being six, seven, eight years old. Yeah, you know, and, and you know what? This it is all the way. And, and you know what? This is one of the benefits of the podcast is that sometimes I actually get to spend a long time talking to people that I haven't spoken to for a long time. So I've actually spoken to you and Ed probably more about movies than each other's lives <laughs> yeah. in, in the last fucking year or whatever. But um, yeah. uh, um, anyway, look, I'll, um, hopefully I'll be back up in Durham soon for a show. You never know. But, oh, um, right. yeah, but look, yeah. I'll give you a shout and let's get, um, uh, let's get part two sorted and we'll do one for the album as well. Great. Okay, Howard. Uh, in the meantime, I'll watch The Last Boy Scout. And <laughs> yeah, do you I have a copy of... Um, Villeneuve's Enemy, which I haven't, I haven't seen that film. So they're they're the things. Ah, you're in for a treat, there, I'll mate. Check I mean, out. It, it's good. It's not amazing, but it is good, obviously. Yeah. Okay, mate. Just wait, wait there. But for now, thank you very much. All right. All the best. Thanks, Howard. And so there you go. Yes, there there was going to be a part two, and um, I I mean we we. We haven't even, you know, that we missed so we missed not there's so much stuff we haven't talked about. Um, in fact, we even talked about all the stuff we haven't talked about. So there, you know, Gary will be Gary will be back, um, and we'll we'll finish up that conversation. And um, you know, a a um, a more self-effacing person you could you could not meet. I mean, you've just spent. You've just spent, you know, a company. Um, you've just spent, sorry, you've just spent time in the company of myself and Gary, and you can uh, you can see why we've been, we've been friends for for so long. Um, he's a, he's, you know, he's a, a treasured friend of mine. He's a very funny guy. He's a, he's great. He's a great husband and father, and and rock and roller, and you know, he's one of those people that has never changed. You know, he's a father with married two children, still the same guy I know. Um, and it's very rare you can say that about anyone. But um, I hope you enjoyed that. There is, um, there, you know, there is plans for. I've, I've, I've got somebody up my sleeve. Sorry, just knocked my glasses off. Um, I've got somebody up my sleeve to get on the podcast that I, I can't. I'm not going to. I'm not going to try and tell you who they are. But let's just say that they are a a male actor, a very experienced male actor. Um, from who who was basically a main character in a an iconic British TV show for many many years, um, and yeah yeah anyway look I haven't got him on yet. In fact I haven't even asked him, so I don't know what I'm telling you for because I'm actually telling you before I've even asked him. So ne- next month it might be yeah he said no, um, so we'll we'll have to wait and see. Although to be honest, probably well I was going to say I won't be able to, I won't be able to do it at the moment, but we could do it over the phone. You stupid bastard, Howard. The reason I say that is that he only lives one street behind me. Yeah, I really do. I've really gone deep into my research, haven't I? And uh, and got somebody who lives a street away. But hey, 
He was a main character in an iconic British TV show. It's not my fault, is it? Top man as well, and a Leeds fan. So there you go. Anyway, look, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Movie Bollocks uh, as much as I enjoyed spending uh, an hour and a half chatting to my mate, Gary. Um, I will be back. You will continue, hopefully. Fingers crossed to get three podcasts a month. You'll be getting... um, uh, you'll be getting this one at the beginning of the month you get one in the middle of the month which is a talking bollocks one and you get a talking bollocks one at the end of the month as well so um hey it's all coming it's all good i'll keep the interviews flowing you keep listening that's the deal right speak to you next month <laughs>